Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And it's uh, it's with a heavy heart that we now bring you the first episode of the Locked On Blues podcast where we are not, the St. Louis Blues are not defending cup champions uh, in a long time. It's tough to, tough to, tough to do, tough to, tough to hand over the crown, but yeah. Tampa Bay first, Lightning. First part of the off season as yeah, well. First part of the off season. The Tampa it's Bay like a Lightning. funeral today. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Uh, was it Sunday night, Monday night, something like that? Uh, I think it was Monday. Monday 28th? night. Um, 28th, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's because they played it back to back on Friday and Saturday yeah. for some reason. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup and uh, I don't think they've stopped partying since. So we'll break that down. We'll get into that. I'm sure we'll have plenty to fill up an episode. But before we do, I got to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. All right, Tommy, where should we start? I mean, do we want to talk about the game? The yeah. game six. I feel like All we right. Talk about the game. All right. Because so I don't know. Monday I, night. To me, to me, it just looked like Dallas kind of came out like they looked gassed a little bit to me. Yeah. And like on the end of a back to back. Like. Yeah. I think it was. I expect that. It, it was pretty, pretty. You could tell pretty early that I think Tampa had the game um, on in hand. Yeah. In hand. Yeah. And. Um, Hey, I think I think I should give a little shout out to myself because I, I I did call Andre Vasilevsky stealing a game to win them the Stanley Cup. I did say that that was the one thing that they hadn't gotten yet a, a, a game stolen by Vazzy. and sure enough, he comes up with a shutout, wins him the game. But yeah, uh, it was a good game, back and forth sorta. Of course, Braden Point scores in the power play in the first period because it's a day that ends in Y. Um, they went up one nothing, and after that, they never really looked back. Coleman uh, put another goal in in the uh, in the second. Assisted by Pat Daddy. Assisted by Patty Maroon, <laughs> of course, who has had himself a uh, an exciting few few days. Had to get partying. his fingers in the cookie jar, of course. Mm-hmm. Always making a difference. Um, yeah, two nothing. Dallas never. I mean, they pushed pretty hard in the third, but I think that was a little too little too late. Um, Tampa kind of won that one pretty handily, I'd say. They, yeah, they looked like the I, the team yeah. that we all thought they were. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like uh, I was I was I was watching it and looking at Twitter like at the same time, and like from what it looked like, like everybody was on the same page. Like third period was basically like desperation to try and like kind of pull the pieces of their season back together when you're down two goals. But really, like, if you're down two goals, like, that probably should have happened in the second period um, Mm -hmm. to give them actual ample time to try and come back. But, I mean, 14 shots in the third period, that's nothing to sneeze at. But once collectively in the rest of the game... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. I turned (laughs) on the game and they had eight shots 
near the end, or not even eight shots. They had like five shots in the second period. Yeah, they had eight through two. Finished with oh. eight. Finished with eight. Yeah, it was um, unreal. <laughs> I mean, not going to win a lot your, of games that way. <laughs> in your opinion, was that Tampa just being suffocating, suffocating defensively? Was it Dallas just not clicking, or was it a combination of both? What do you see? Uh, I I would say a combination of both. I think Tampa. I think Tampa really came out and said like, okay, like tonight's the night. Like we're sending them home. Like we're winning the cup. We're doing everything that like our season has brought up to this point. Like we didn't come all this way to go up three to one and then like shit the bed. Like everyone like wants us to because they want to make the meme of us choking and stuff. Um, so it really looked like they came out firing. I mean, 11 shots and on goal in the first period and 10 in the second, that those are pretty good numbers. Um, but I, it really, to me, it really looked like Dallas. I don't, I don't know if they never found their game, but like, especially compared to the conference final series, like it, it really, it really felt like we were watching like two di- very different teams. Mm-hmm. And that could have mm-hmm. been due to the fact that like, in my opinion, like their schedule throughout the playoffs was a little bit tougher in like terms of like the talent that they faced. So that could have like grinded them down and worn on them. But also at the same time, that's kind of how their team was built towards was to like withstand the marathon of a playoff series. So I don't know, a little bit of a head scratcher there, but I mean, it was an entertaining game. Tampa won it fair and square and, and now we're seeing them reap the benefits and party up. Yep. Yep. I, I think, uh, the one thing for me is, I don't know if you, you f- followed basketball a couple of years ago when the Golden State Warriors were just the Harlem Globetrotters of the league. But mm-hmm. um, there, was an, there was an article that came out when the Cavs were playing the Warriors in the finals and LeBron, I don't know if it was LeBron or someone uh, writing about the Cavs, but they basically said, in order to beat this Warriors team, you have to play perfect basketball from tip off the final buzzer you any mistake and and you're fucked basically and that's what i think that's the kind of feeling i get about this tampa team is they're not unbeatable but you have to play perfect hockey you have to leave it all out there and then for a team like dallas to leave it all out there friday night come up short and then go leave it all out there saturday night squeak by with a win and then guess what you got to do it all again two days later there's just only so much so much gas in the tank to to play quote-unquote perfect hockey against a team like tampa when you've been playing hockey every other day for the past three months it's got to be one of those things like you said takes a toll on you for sure dallas did not look anywhere near what their their highest potential was um what we'd seen throughout the playoffs and I think they were just worn out. They are just gassed. And it's a war of attrition. And Tampa, yeah. Tampa came in on the winning side. And it didn't help either that I, I, don't, I don't know what the numbers were. For I think there were six total penalties. Um, and I think Tampa Bay had three of them. Yeah, there were one for three on the power play. So, I mean, they both they both had three power plays. So, in that, like, in that sense of the word, like, if you look at it on paper, it looks like it's even. But, like, that momentum boost that Tampa gets when they're on their power play and just, like, the possession and the puck movement that they have there. We talked about it on the last podcast, but I think that really gives them another like pin in their laurels and kind of like the the amount of momentum that it gives Tampa Bay is not even close to compared like what the momentum gives Dallas because their power plays definitely not as like right um dangerous I guess right um, yeah and that was one Dallas of the keys we talked about was sure. yeah yeah and that was one of the keys we talked about was Dallas staying out of the penalty box and like even if it doesn't 
like like we saw, like it only led to one goal, but they did have the puck the majority of the time. And like Dallas can't really shoot shorthanded because they don't have I'm, like they they're built for physicality. They're not built like right. guys that are going to go score right. on the breakaway and beat everybody. Um, like highlight real goals, really the grinders. So another yeah, another interesting thing is the cup goes back to the east for what seems what is it this four to the last five years, three to the last four years, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Pittsburgh, 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 Washington. Yeah. For the last five years. Yep. Um, and I think that's a lot of what you said. I think the West has a lot more of a physical grinded out style. Um, and the blues happen to play the one team in the East that kind of uses that style last year in Boston, but it's kind of a skill versus or skill and speed versus physicality. And, and Dallas was really, really close to having their physicality take the edge there, but it just came up short. And, and I think that's one of the da- most dangerous things about playing a style of game like that. And it's what we see with St. Louis too, is when they're on, they're on, but when they're off, Oh God, do they suck? Yeah. Um, it's hard to find offensive what- production when you're off and you're, and you're built like that like it's right. you kind of feed off your physicality and you can't really do that that's just not there right right all right well we're getting close to the halfway point of today's episode so before we continue i gotta remind everyone about our friends over at rockauto.com one reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things like mortgage and food especially in a time like this when money is tight so why would you choose to spend up to 30 percent, 50 percent, or even 100 more for the exact same auto parts at your local chain store or a new car dealership when you have access to rockauto.com on your computer in your pocket and anything that has access to internet rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com the shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, Tommy. So for me, one of the biggest things uh, heading into the cup final was how are they going to celebrate? Well, how, how, how's that going to work? Are they going to are they going to pass the cup around the ice? What? Whatever. Who, who knows? Um, Tampa wins the cup, have a grand old time on the ice, um, and, and and they've continued to have a grand old time over the next few days. They've been uh, partying. They had that that boat parade. The boat parade um, was go, cool. I did like boat that. parade. Seen the Stanley cool. Cup we'll, on the jet ski. That was pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. But they've also been uh, going to bars and, and hosting some fan events, which is a little little controversial. So we'll get into that as well. Um, but first, first things first, we got to talk about the, the, the boat parade. Um, and by the boat parade, uh, I mean the fact that Pat Maroon pissed himself. <laughs> I don't think he actually pissed himself. I, I'm pretty he, sure it was what beer. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was beer. You think it was beer that, that, that spread in a perfect himself. pitch formation? <laughs> no, because usually, like, in my experience <laughs> with my friends who have pissed themselves when they're sloppy drunk, you get it all usually those goes, one side. yeah, one leg, one pant leg, right? It's just too symmetrical to not be, like, to be, it can't, <laughs> it was too symmetrical to be, like, a oopsie I spilled. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know man. I think he pissed himself. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt here and piss, say piss he, he might have, like, spilled a little bit when he was chugging or something went down his stomach his little his little uh chubby but effective stomach and then landed in his lap but he didn't have a shirt on so you couldn't see the trail 
I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. No, but the, the, the parade looked like a great time. Um, guys were having fun. Pat Maroon has turned into the full Florida man. He's a uh, quote where, machine, dude. Are you kidding me? He is a quote machine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pat. I'm the big rig and I'm back to back, baby. God. 45 fucking seconds of ice time. <laughs> yeah. Steven Samco's just drunk off his ass. Yeah. Oh, man. He's like, one yeah, gold uh, plus one. Amazing. <laughs> it, where's my name? Where's my name? You see that one? Find his name yeah, on the phone. yeah. He's trying yeah. to find it. So flex, dude. I mean, I know we've been saying this uh, throughout the playoffs and throughout the Santa Cup run in particular, but how valuable is Pat Maroon? How, and how much has he increased his stock? these past two years going from going from barely getting an offer from his hometown team in the blues and then waiting almost the entire off season the next year and not getting an offer until nearly the very end and signing with Tampa to going back to back winning two Stanley cups and being an integral part in a lot of huge goals. And then very clearly an, in- an integral part in team chemistry, as we've seen. Yeah, uh, I, with I'll him. tell you what, Josh, like if he, if he isn't like a favorite among hockey fans in general now, just because of his personality, like even just taking away, like the fact that what he does on the ice, I think in my opinion is criminally underrated. Um, but like you saw the production he had with McDavid, you saw the production he had on the blues with that Robert Thomas and Bozak line. Um, and now the impact he's had on Tampa Bay and bringing a Stanley cup to them. I mean, you've got, I don't, I, I can't even put, I don't, I don't know, man. And everyone's it's like the meme that like the, the cup goes where Pat Maroon goes. So whoever wants to win this Stanley cup, it's going to sign Pat Maroon next season. So, I mean, he's got to at least double, if not triple, like his yeah, he's, average he's annual value. Day. Yeah. Come on. Um, and, and, and again, don't take this the wrong way. Anyone listening, uh, Pat Maroon listening, he's about to get overpaid in the sense that you can't put a price tag on a guy like him. Like, yeah, you're maybe he's going to make three, $4 million and probably won't give that much production on the ice, you know, won't give X amount of points worth of production, but like I said, you cannot put a price tag on a player like that. The, clearly, the, the energy he brings to the locker room, the energy he brings to the bench, the energy he brings to, to celebrations and keeping the team together. Um, the, yeah, I think that's been, what you're going to be paying for. Right. Above right. All. So in the sense that Pat Maroon's going to get overpaid, whereas if if a casual fan looks at, looks at cap friendly and says, who the hell is this guy and why is he making this much money? But... You know, you you look at it if you're whoever, whichever team signs him, if he goes back to Tampa, comes back to St. Louis or whatever. I, I can't imagine someone who's been paying attention to what he's done these past two years would have any problem with paying him whatever whatever he he desires if if they have you know the room and the need for a player like that. Because no matter how skilled and young and and quick this league gets, there's always going to be room for Pat Maroon. A hundred percent, dude. And I think I think you can honestly make the argument too that like. Like on the same kind of uh, basis that whatever like next contract Ryan O'Reilly gets, he's going to be underpaid because not only does he bring the production of a first line center, Selkie winner, Con Smith winner, Con Smythe winner, um, mm-hmm. all of that jazz. He's also like a coach on the ice and holds like own practices for the prospects afterwards. So it's like it, you, I mean, you could essentially pay him a coach's salary on top of a player salary, um, and he would still be worth the price. But I don't, I don't think any team will do that obviously mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i think it's the same kind of argument as pat maroon getting paid more because he's that locker room guy that you talked about and the glue guy that is very obviously um adept at winning stanley cups so 
Mm-hmm. All right. We've had our fun. We've talked about some fun stuff, Tommy. It's time to let's take let's a little bit of a tough topic. So the Tampa Bay Lightning are from uh, Tampa Bay, which is in Florida, they are. which is the COVID capital of the country. <laughs> and you couldn't tell if you watched some of the Lightning's Twitter videos, whatever. Now, I will say, first and foremost, the players themselves have the right to do whatever the fuck they want. They've been tested every single day for the past four months, works their asses off. They can party. I don't have a problem with that. But then I see, then I see like, you know, Pat Maroon walking by uh, a barricade of, of hundreds and hundreds of fans smushed together, not wearing masks and, 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 you know, drinking, drinking beer, jumping beer on each other. That, that, that sets off a few alarm bells in my head. Yeah, I, I, think, I don't want to be a party pooper. I don't want to, you know, rain on anyone's parade. But yeah, ooh. I don't think I think it's I think it's fair not to rain on their parade. Like you kind of said, they they won the right to celebrate. Um, mm-hmm. But also at the same time, I think I think the players have to be held accountable because if you're if you're like all chugging out of the Stanley Cup together, hanging all over each other, it's like yeah, uh, you got tested in the bubble, but they're not in the bubble anymore. And like you said, Florida is the cap, like pretty much one of the top, if not the COVID cap capital of America. Um, and that can set in pretty fast. So I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's disappointing to me because the NHL did so well with the bubble and all of right. these mandated, that's, yep, that's the biggest thing and me. all of these mandated things and rules. And like the players were essentially forced to do them. And I, I would, mean, obviously I they didn't get all blow up right yeah. after the, it's like, you know? it's, it's just an, it's an extension of the bubble essentially, but it was right. up to the players to keep that extension going this time. And it hasn't really right. happened. So that's, that's the main disappointing part, part for me. Um, but think- also one of the main disappointing things for me is that the governor opened up the bars yep. right yep. in time for the that's, parade to happen. That's, and that's completely irresponsible that's biggest, as like the head of that's my biggest issue. Yeah, That's ridiculous. Sure. In my opinion. Like, First, first of all, I will say, luckily enough, we just witnessed the Stanley Cup. We know what it's like to be in the shoes of a Tampa Tampa fan right now. That is another thing too. Yeah, don't get it. Like, too, like Josh and I are in the same boat. Any team, any team that wins like this Stanley Cup as well would probably celebrate it. But the fact that it's right. in Florida and the way that right. they're doing it, I feel like is a little more. I think the biggest, the the one, the one. If I were to take issue with one thing and one thing only, I think it was. Oh, I, I might get the name wrong. Uh, I think it was. Was it Yanni Gord who or who was the one that like said like thank you for opening up the bars? It was like Pilat. I think I, yeah, it was one of them. I think it was Gord. If I had okay. to put money. So so during the parade, he's up on stage and he goes, "I would like to thank our governor for opening up the bars right at the perfect time for the boys to come back and party." That's yeah. the one thing I have problem a problem Same. with is because you as a player spent the last four months understanding and appreciating how damn important it is to follow these guidelines and also had the luxury of of winning a Stanley Cup, playing a sport, making a ton of money under uh, extremely well put together uh, safety caution system. You know, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work went into keeping these players safe and making the Stanley Cup happen. For you to go out and then just show that you have no understanding of why the last few months were the way they were in terms of restrictions is, 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 is disappointing. Not saying Yanni Gord doesn't get COVID or anything like that, but, but, you know, to go up on stage and just, you know, basically tell all your fans, come party with the bars with us. That's, that's tough. That's, that's, that's disappointing. I'm disappointed. 
And yeah, it's granted, just, and it's even even if you don't think like if you don't like take COVID seriously or like whatever's going through like the player's head, even you have to even like think as like an athlete that plays a professional sport that like, okay, maybe like even just from like a PR standpoint, like, okay, maybe right, this is not right. a great look for our right, team. Right. And for me as an individual, because they do so well, like they have classes on like social media management. Right. And like, mm-hmm. here's what you post. Here's what you don't ever post. If you post something like this, I'll actually kick your ass and delete the tweet for you immediately afterwards. So they have an understanding of like how the public views them and how they should cater themselves towards the public's uh, point of view, I guess you would say. Um, but I, I guess that just all went out the window <laughs> when, right. when they won the Stanley right. cup. So I'm, right. I don't know. It, it's just, in my opinion, I feel like there, there's a, there's gotta be some middle ground where you can celebrate with the guys, have a good time, but I don't know, maybe also wear masks, socially distance. Like you can do it responsibly. And right. I feel like right. that could have been the answer here instead of kind of what we're looking at. <laughs> all right. We're getting close to the end of today's episode. So we will take a, one more short break and then we will give our closing thoughts for today. All right, just to circle back one more time on the the, the point you were, you were making about uh, responsibility and stuff like that, I think the biggest thing, or one of the biggest things for me is how much of an opportunity was missed, how much the NHL could have shown how to quote-unquote party responsibly in terms of social distancing and stuff. Um, That's true, because if you know, Because if you see these guys like wearing masks or whatever, getting lit, then people are going to be like, oh, I can wear masks and get lit. And, yep. and whatever that may be. Think about all the high schoolers that are watching mm-hmm. that are like, oh, mm-hmm. well, like I need to social distance right, because my mom said so and all this stuff. And then these grown guys go out, get drunk with their friends and they're like the actual role models that they look up to because they want to be right. a professional hockey player right. when they grow up. It's like, oh yeah, fuck it. Like the boys are partying. I'm a party too. Right. Know? Right. You can't blame, you can't blame the players for celebrating a Stanley cup. And honestly, you can't even blame the fans for going to a Stanley cup parade because right. how pissed would we be if, if, if we got, if we were about to go to the blues for a Stanley cup parade and then a pandemic got that shut down. We, I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. Uh, I'm not, I don't think there's really anyone that, that had malicious intent here, but I'm just disappointed where like the NHL was so perfect for, for three or four months longer in terms of COVID restrictions was, was like the, the golden child in terms of how to get a sport working with COVID, they could have capped it off with, with such a nice bow by partying, celebrating socially distant or whatever it may be. Instead, they do the exact opposite and say, Oh, thank God the bars are open. So now we can party. Well, no, the bars are open because technically because coronavirus is not a risk anymore, even though it is, it's just, it's just missing the whole point. It's it's very tone deaf to go up on stage and say something like that. That's um, a good word for could have stuck, could have, could have stuck, could have stuck the landing. I think, I think even yeah. if it was bullshit, even if it was completely for show, they could have done something to encourage responsibility, safety when it comes to partying. I know it's, it's, there's, it's weird there because the NHL doesn't have any control over that. It's up to like Florida and the governor, whatever it may be. But uh, it's, it's, I, it's, I still maintain the fact that the governor set the tone when he opened up the bars. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'll put all the they, blame on the governor. I agree. I, I, I agree because you're not going to, you're not going to, I don't blame the players for going to the bars because they're open. I don't blame, I don't, I barely even blame whoever it was on stage that said like, Oh, thank, thank the governor for opening up the bars. Like, yeah, as much as that was an irresponsible thing to say, he's probably drunk and probably doesn't know much better because he's an NHL athlete. That's fine. But there are people who 
are responsible enough to make those decisions. And, you know, the governor sits down and thinks, okay, if we open up this bar, a ton of people are going to go, a ton of people are going to get COVID, but money, but celebration. And, and, and that, unfortunately, that was a decision that was made. They, they, someone somewhere chose to prioritize celebrating and profits and, you know, having a good time with the Stanley Cup in their city over health and safety. And that's disappointing. All right, Josh. I got three questions for you before we wrap this up. All right, just give me a yes okay. or no. Okay. Mm. These are my three. These are my three looming questions for the off season. All right. Does Jack mm. Eichel get traded? No. Does Patrick Line get traded? <sighs> That's the one I think that could happen. Yes. I think I think yes. I'm gonna say yes too on that. Yes. Tory Crude. Uh. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna get traded or what the deal is. I know that the there was word that his right. He's already a free agent, or not already, but he's going to be a free agent. And there were rumblings yeah. that his rights were gonna get traded, right, which yeah. was interesting. Um, I mean, at this point, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. That's not really a thing that happens typically with UFAs. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it depends on what Boston's got in their, in their, uh, plans. Like if they, I know they're rumored to go after a guy like OEL. I think we can, we baby yep. see like just like a, a quote unquote sign and trade just to make salaries work. But mm-hmm. no, Tory Krug's not going back to Boston, whether it's a, whether it's a quote unquote trade or a signing, he's not going back. I think Eichel's back in Buffalo. Line might be gone. I think um, Line is the, the best chance there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's been, he's Lung, been rumored Lungfist for gone. the last couple of seasons. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yep, Lungfist is gone. Uh, OEL might be on the move. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was, if you're OEL, are you going to Boston or Vancouver? Vancouver. I think I'll go to Vancouver. Are you kidding too. me? That's a lot of Vancouver, fun. <laughs> Boston, Boston's window is, if not it's, already closed. Yeah, it's kind of getting there. Imminently closing. And OEL isn't exactly the guy who can revitalize that window. He would just kind of add to the... Yeah, he's the a good supporting piece. Right. Yeah. Not saying, you know, nothing against Boston. I just think if you're OEL, I would you rather put be... put the team on your back. I would rather be... Well, OEL, if I'm OEL, I would rather be a veteran presence on a young team than just another player on a older team. Granted, right. Boston probably has a better chance to win it next year. Maybe. Who knows? Um, but yeah, no. uh, Vancouver, without a doubt, uh, it, it, from a pure hockey standpoint, um, obviously there are a lot of other factors that go into play that we don't know. It is going to be a freaking crazy offseason. I know. That, that's I, I tweeted out like all just the big names and rumors and stuff, which I feel like there always is, but it really, I don't know. I can't remember the last time we had a flat cap in hockey. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how like all these GMs navigate and uh, especially with all the big names like Petrangelo and I, I don't know, dude, honestly, if I'm the avalanche, I gotta be going after Holtby, but we're going to see what happens. Oh, yeah, and um, Holtby, but I think that's, a, yeah, I think that's all the time we got today. Right. Yeah, got anything else you want to say? Um, I think the last thing, I, the last thing I'll say is in terms of Petrangelo and all of that, the St. Louis blues are far from the only team in cap hell right now. So if Petrangelo leaves, yes, some of the blame can be placed on Doug Armstrong for those extensions, whatever it may be. But I think that there are a lot, a lot of teams right now that are losing players that they shouldn't have lost because of the flat cap. And if Petrangelo is one of those, that sucks. But I think we're getting, I think perspective is, is important here and we're getting a little bit more of a clear perspective of it's not just Petrangelo that, that's having these difficulties. It's, it's all over the place. So, yeah. and they apparently it's reported that the Blues are going back to the table offer. with Petrangelo one more time. So hopefully they get, they nail a coffin yeah. in the head. But I mean, my final, yeah, my final thoughts on that, like you said, it, 
if the reports are true and it's just a signing bonus that that needs to be worked out, Petrangelo will be back. If that's not true and they're far apart on negotiations, who the hell knows? But we will see. And we will be right here on the Lockdown Blues podcast uh, bringing that news to you. Yes, we will. Yep, that's all we got for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 12 or 15. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But as always, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues.